Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, hello. Hey there. It's Yogi Bear. Not really. Hello. How are you? Good to see you again. I'm so glad you let me tickle your ears. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so this is Who Am I? Uh, let's see. I think I'm Lee Jackson, America's Finest Watchman. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's me. Okay, this is episode 213. Sounds like we're a TV show, doesn't it? Episodes. But this is for people who are interested in watches. And, you know, I just heard an interesting thing today on the radio. They said that Swiss watch production is up like 65% year over year. It's like huge the way it's growing. It just blows me away. I'm really surprised. I really thought that the Swiss manufacturers, because their prices are going up so much, are killing themselves. They're, they're pushing themselves out of the market. Guess what? I'm wrong. People are paying it. People are doing it. I'm not doing it. If you want to do it, I kiss you. Go for it. Not me. Not me. I'm looking for the deals, folks. And that's exactly what I'm after here. The big deals. Okay, so... This is our next part of our Rolex extravaganza. Yes! But before I get to the Rolex, I wanted to give you an update on one of my watches because everybody seems to like my stories of fixing things and doing things and finding deals. So, I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, I have this Vacheron that I've had that was a disaster. And I'm only going to go over a little bit of it. I'm not going to go over tons of it because you probably heard it already. And I don't want to be redundant and retarded and keep repeating things. So, you know, I get people that say, oh, you repeat things. So I don't want to repeat things. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So here it is. About five years ago, four years ago, I saw a Vacheron that was advertised as a fixer-upper and the pictures didn't do it justice. I couldn't figure out what in the hell it really was. And I ended up getting it because the guy was in Europe and he said, Oh, it's broken and I can't get the parts. My watchmaker here can't get the parts. I'm like, huh, I should be able to get it fixed. So I ended up making an offer on it. He, he was, his pictures were terrible. His ad was terrible. So I really took a shot and thought, you know what? This is a shot. It might be good. It might be terrible. Who knows? So I ended up getting the piece and my original watchmaker who I had been with for I don't know, 20, 30 years retired and he gave it to somebody else. And I went in there and I met the guy and he had been doing a lot of work uh, on chronographs more than watches, but not really nice guy. And I gave him a few watches to work on and he seemed to do pretty good. And then I gave him this Vacheron and he gave me every story in the world. It needs this. It needs that. It's got this. It's got that. It's broken. It's fixed. Blah, 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 bull pucky. So every time, and I paid him up front on top of that to fix it. So every time I would call him, it was a new story. Oh, I can't get the parts and it did this. So I tried to get him parts myself. After I got him parts, he got mad at me over the parts. They weren't the right parts. They weren't the this parts. They were, you know, I had never had so much trouble with anybody. I mean, he was nice, but he would get annoyed. So I left him alone 
and I would call him every other month and he'd say, Oh, I almost had it, but I can't get it. It drives me crazy. I think about it all night. I'm thinking, so do I. Long story short, about a year and a half goes by, year and a quarter, and I finally just said, look, I'm coming to get this watch. I don't care what shape it's in. I took it I took it with me in parts, whatever the hell it was, and I talked to an old friend of mine, Ricky, who used to work for me, and he used to do really good work, and he can make his own parts because he is more into pocket watches. And with pocket watches, you're looking at antiques that you can't get parts for a lot of times. Some you can, some you can't. So you have to make them. So he's really good at doing that kind of thing, making parts if he needs them, which is really cool, actually. So I gave him the watch. And he called me, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks later and said, well, it needs a new this and a new that. It's broken. And I said, okay. So I what I did was I did an exhaustive search on the movement because I had read that the movement that was in that watch was a problem generally a problem. So I did an exhaustive search and found out that that movement was made by Frederick Piquet or big Piguet, Piguet, Frederick Piguet. And it was used in, no, no, no. I take it back. That was a Jaeger LaCultra movement. It was used in Jaeger LaCultra. Maybe it was, I don't know. It was either Frederick Piquet or Jaeger LaCultra, but top of the line movement, really high end movement used in Audemars, used in Jaeger LaCultra and Vacheron under three different models, the numbers for the movement. So I started looking around and I found a Jaeger LaCultra movement that had the same number, I mean, their version of it. And I called up Ricky and I said, go take a look at this online. It was coming out of Europe somewhere. And he looked at it, he said, that's the part we need, get it. I said, okay. And I showed him a few others that he said, no, 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 that's not what you want. So the part came, the movement came, I gave it to him. Lo and behold, I get the watch back running perfectly. I mean, perfect. So you can fast forward a few years and the watch starts acting up. It started galloping, which means if you put it on a timing machine, usually here, tick, 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 or tick, 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 tick. When it goes tick, 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 like a horse galloping, that's bad. And that's what it was doing. So my first thought was maybe it's magnetized. And what happens is the hairspring that runs the balance wheel sometimes can get magnetized, which means it gets smaller because it's sticking together, which means it runs faster. And I've had other ones where I put it through an anti-magnetizing little uh, machine and it stops it. It's fine. I mean, my my older Vacheron was doing it and I called Ricky and he said, just put it through the anti-magnetizing machine. And I did and it worked fine. This one, I tried that figuring, well, you know, this, this watch is 80s or 90s, so it shouldn't really get magnetized. And no, it didn't help. So I figured it's something else. So I called Ricky and he says, get me the watch. Send him the watch. Uh, I talked to him and he said, the hairspring is magnetized really bad and I can't fix it and I can't demagnetize it. I can't do anything. You need a new one. So I said, uh, how do we get it? And he said, send me your movement. Well, now I can't find the dumb movement because it's been years and I moved and probably got put away somewhere. I can't find it. I've looked and looked and looked. So now I'm out looking for one of those movements again to give to Ricky to fix that watch. And before I do it, I'm going to make him look at it and say, yes, because I found one that was just the balance wheel in the spring and it said bad spiral, but it was another language. So I, that's all I could read is bad spiral. So I called him up and said, take a look at this picture. And he did. And he goes, no, 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 that's the same problem you've got. Don't buy that. 
So I'm going to buy a movement again. They're about 400 bucks. Uh, I think an Audemars, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to send it to him once he approves it and get the watch fixed. So that was my story. So it's in the shop for a while now. Again, that watch, that watch has been nothing but problems. But when it ran after he fixed it, it ran fine. No problem at all. It was perfect. So what happened to it? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Okay, so that's my story, and I want to keep you posted on it because the watch is still not fixed because I haven't really found. I was looking high and low for my movement, which can't find. So I'm going to do look a few more places, and then I'm just going to buy another movement for him. I figure, you know what, another 400 bucks, and then he's going to charge me at least two. Oh, well, it's a Vacheron. What can I do? I send it to them, be $2,000. So let's get back to our Rolex extravaganza now that we got a little bit of time. So I started talking last time about Rolex's dress line and their dress line is called Cellini and they're named for Benvenito Cellini, who was an Italian goldsmith, sculptor and author. Uh, he's done all kinds of sculptures and beautiful things in gold. And he was really, really um, looked at as one of the finest jewelers of his time. He lived from 1500 to 1571 in Florence, Italy. So when Rolex decided to kind of spin their line off, they don't want to have just uh, sport watches, luxury sport watches forever. They want to get into the dressy stuff. They called their new line Cellini. So if you find a Rolex that's more like a dressy watch than not like a sporty watch, it doesn't have the screw down crown. It's not thick. It's thinner. It looks dressier like a regular paddock or Vacheron. And it says Cellini on the dial. That's what you're looking at. Now, they're not cheap. Cellinis are expensive. And they also made jewelry. I've had it. I've had Rolex Cellini jewelry. It was pretty cool. Uh, yes, it was made by Rolex. I don't know. Maybe somebody made it for them, but it had Rolex on it. So I wanted to talk about Cellinis because I'm here looking at them right now. And Rolex calls it their classical watch. Why I find Cellini's interesting is that, first of all, you can get a dressier watch. It's not big, bulky with a metal. Most of these Cellinis either have an integrated gold bracelet or they have a strap. They don't have like a metal band on them like the regular Rolex, you know, sporty stuff. Um, here's what Rolex says about Cellini. The Cellini celebrates the eternal elegance of traditional timepieces with a contemporary touch. The name was inspired by the Italian Renaissance artist Benvenuto Cellini. This collection combines the best of Rolex know-how and its high standards of perfection with an approach that heightens watchmaking heritage in its most timeless form. The lines of the Cellini model are sober and refined. The materials noble. The finishings luxurious. Every detail respects the codes of the art of watchmaking. Now that is a big bunch of gibberish. If you want my opinion, um, they have their chronometers. A lot of them, they have like moon phase. There's a Cellini moon phase and I'm looking at it. Beautiful watch, beautiful. And only the finest retailers carry Cellinis. Now, some of the Cellinis are based on older Rolex designs that are not around anymore, which is really interesting. And a lot of their watches were manual wind. Just like any other dress manual wind, it was manual wind. 
and their big movement was called the 1600. And that was the big Rolex Cellini movement, the 1600, 18 joule manual wine movement. I'm looking at one. It looks good, but not great. I mean, it doesn't look like super high end to me, the way it's made. It looks like a fine watch, but not a, you know, a high grade, really exceptional watch. Now, Cellini has had some very interesting pieces. One of the Cellini pieces that I have sold a lot of over the years is called a King Midas. Now, if you know the legend of King Midas, everything he touched turned to gold. Well, this watch is the biggest, baddest daddy on the planet. And I mean big, bad daddy-o. Really big, bad daddy-o. Solid gold bracelet. It's all one piece. It's not even added on. The bracelet is part of the watch. It's all made one. It's so heavy. It's like wearing blocks of gold bricks. And it's shaped very strangely like a triangle, kind of a pointed on one side shape. Once you see one, you'll never forget what it looks like. And it isn't for everybody. I mean, first of all, the person that would wear a King Midas has to have money because this watch costs a lot of money. And it looks like a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. Let's see if I can find one because it's really an interesting piece. Now, they have it on a strap also, and those don't look as wild. I mean, when you see a King Midas, uh, they're amazing. They're truly amazing. They are so heavy. I'm going to find one, see what they weigh. Like, here's one. Holy mackerel. And these are old, and they're getting twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for these things. They, they get a lot of money. When you see it, it's absolutely outstanding. But you can see it's dated, too. This is a woman's. Yeah, this is a woman's. I don't know. They must have made them for both because this is a woman's 28. Um, do I see anything else? He says, mm, not really. Not really. I don't really see. Uh, let's see. All I want to do is get the weight and the length and the size because this thing is heavier than a Piaget Polo, if you know what that means. Piaget Polo looked like the same kind of thing, like solid bricks. And this could be a knockoff of a Piaget Polo by Rolex. I don't know which one came first. I can't tell you. I really don't know myself. But I'm a Queen Midas is the one for women. Isn't that cool? But I'm telling you, it looks like you're wearing a brick of gold on your wrist. It is outstanding. But man, I, I couldn't wear it. It's too gaudy for me. But I'm sure there's those of you that think it's really ultra cool. Um, here's another problem. If you cut it, you can't put it back because <laughs> the bracelet's solid gold. And yet usually you have to cut it. Now this one is, says it's 20. It says King Midas on the side too. It's really cool where the crown is. It's etched into the case, King Midas. What I'm trying to do is get an idea of the weight of these things. Cause I remember them being very heavy. Um, of course it doesn't say. And I can't find enough of them. To, somebody would probably get it in their brain to weigh it, I would think. No, 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 no. Let's see if this one. I thought they were bigger than this. This one says 28 millimeter. I thought it was bigger. I thought they were larger. But I want to see what it weighs anyhow. What does it weigh? Of course it doesn't. <laughs> Come on, you... I'd like to know what it weighs. Thank you. What does it weigh? Ugh, nobody tells me. Great. Okay. Well, I want to keep looking. We need to take a quick break because it is time. So I 
I'm going to take a quick break right now. As soon as I get some music up here, here we go. Let's take a quick break. I'll be right back with more Rolex, baby. Rolex, Rolex, Rolex. So that is our break, and I thank you all for taking a nice break with yours truly. I really appreciate it. You are amazing. Okay, I found some more King Midas's. Let's see if this is the right size. Now, this one doesn't have the point, so they must have taken that away. It came to a point where the crown is. Now, this one's flat. Looks like a King Midas. Uh, probably later. Says 70s. I'd love to know what it weighs. Let's see if it's weight. Come on, somebody's got to weigh this craziness. Ay-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. Nobody weighs it. What is wrong with these people? I want to know the weight. Yeah. Okay. Well, no weight. Lovely. I can tell you from my standpoint, and I've held a lot of these and used them, they are heavy. They're very heavy. And guess who designed it? Duh. I just saw it, Gerald Jenta. Gerald Jenta designed the King Midas. How's that? <laughs> he designed it in 1964. How cool is that? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because it's really a standout watch, man. It Here it is. It weighs between 150 and 200 grams of gold. It was the heaviest gold watch of its day, the most expensive Rolex of its time. I would urge you to go online and type in Rolex King Midas and take a look at this thing. It is amazing. And I'm going to tell you, I couldn't keep them in stock. Every time I would get a King Midas baby, it would run for the hills. It was gone so fast. Now, there's other watches that look like a King Midas that might be a King Midas, but don't look like the standard one that I'm used to. For example, the King Midas that I normally see which is a Cellini, by the way, before I say anything else. Definitely is. The one that I see has the bracelet, the integrated heavy bracelet. It's all solid heavy gold, but they made it also without the bracelet on the strap. And that's got a wide strap, leather or, or crock or something. And it's an interesting look. And all of the watches from 1964 on by Rolex Cellini had this wild look to them, like... Remember I told you about the Omegas of the 70s? They had these like eyeball-looking watches. I'm looking at a, a Rolex Cellini. It's an eyeball-looking watch. It's oval. The center of it, the dial is round, but the case is kind of oval. And the oval is at 3 and 9. And it has the Zephyr-type bezel etched in. So a lot of times, I told you, they take older Rolex designs and bring them to the Cellini line and turn them into something else like they used to have. And they probably still do. I'll look for it. A bubble back looking watch. They have a cushion looking watch from the 20s that's new. They have a lot of this King Midas looking thing or the Zephyr looking thing with these starburst kind of dials like a gradient red that's brighter in the center and gets darker as it goes out. They love that red. I don't know why, but they have a lot of watches with that. It's kind of a burnished crimson. It's really nice. Most of the Cellinis I'm looking at are either strange, you know, bizarre, weird 
looking not ugly though, just different. Or they're more rounded like a regular dress wristwatch. And a lot of them have that Zephyr type bezel on it. A lot of them. So they use that for a long time. Not today, but in the past. Today they don't do that. Today their watches are more austere. But in the past they were pretty wild. And they had some very wild designs. And Rolex was trying to hit on all different fronts. They had the sporty watches, the regular Rolex line. And they had the Cellini. And how did they differentiate the Cellini from everybody else? Well, they made it weird. They made it different. Uh, they made quartz. They made manual wines. I don't know if they had automatics. I haven't run into any yet. But I'm sure as I go along, I'll surely find something. A lot of women's Cellinis. Not so much the men's. Women like the Cellinis. See, if a woman doesn't like the Rolex, which is a big, heavy, thick watch, you know, like I've had women tell me, oh, it's too big, too heavy, whatever. They can go to the Cellini and still have a Rolex that's thinner uh, a lot of times it's not going to have the metal bracelet, but they can get something that they would rather wear. Like here's a ladies two tone cushion. Looks just like a twenties watch updated and it's 3,200 18 karat rose gold or pink gold and white. Oh, it's white gold. It's not, it's all gold and it's nice. It's quartz. I mean, I personally am not that crazy about it. Here's a tank they make a Cellini tank. Uh, they have cut cornered ones, uh, like tanks with cut corners. Then here's an interesting one. It looks almost like a King Midas. Yeah, and I see a bunch of these. They have like an orangey kind of a swirly looking dial. And the case, the top of the case, the bezel, the whole top of the case is like logs of gold almost. Really interesting look, but dated. I mean, in its day, it's probably absolutely stunning. But here's three of them in a row. For 3400 and they're probably court, no manual wine. They're nice, but I think they're ladies. I don't know. I don't know. Do you care? Do you want me to look? No, you don't care. Not your cup of tea, but you should go look at this stuff because knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you can figure it out. So if somebody came up to you with a watch, it's a Rolex Cellini, they go, this isn't real. It's this Cellini. You would know it was real. You would know to grab it if the price was right. Oh, here's one I've never seen. A Rolex Cellini belt buckle watch. And this is older and it's an interesting look. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's weird looking. <laughs> it's a tank, but it kind of, the, the top at 12 o'clock is much thicker. And it's wider. It's thicker than the bottom. It's a weird look. I personally don't like it. Not my cup of tea. I just want to see what it looked like because it was pretty bizarre looking. <laughs> Pretty strange looking, baby. Pretty strange. But I will tell you, there is a market for Cellinis. Anytime you have anything that says Rolex, trust me, there's a market for it. I don't care what anybody says. Rolex is the ultimate name in watches. Not the finest watch, but the name. Everybody knows what a Rolex is. Rolexes just keep going up and up and up and up and up. Right, here's an interesting one. A Rolex Deneos men's watch let's see what this is oh it's a it's a cushion a cushion just like i told you it's got the newer dial that looks almost like a date just dial with the big arabics on it it's an old cushion watch it's been redone they want six grand nice um well let's put it to you this way let's think it out if i like the cushion look that much and i do i like cushions 
would I go for an original one from the twenties or thirties or would I go for this modern one? That's not going to give me any problems. Probably the modern one. If I had the money to blow, I probably would do it. So here's a nice one. A 1966. I don't know if that's right. Rolex Cellini mint. This is beautiful. Rolex in the seventies and eighties had this kind of dusty blue they used on some of their watches like air kings it was a nice blue it wasn't bright it was kind of dull but nice and here it is on this watch on a white gold watch with this blue dial and silver sticks and white lettering looks very nice now i'm concerned about the size so let's take a look um it's got that 1600 movement which is a very good movement it's not telling me the size though yeah, this is the, I, I don't have the size. It's not telling me. That's not good. No. So I don't know how big it is. So I wouldn't buy anything like this unless I knew exactly what the heck I'm buying. Here it is. The case is 33 millimeters. So it's a smaller case, 37 with the crown. So it's a smaller case. Um, kind of cool, kind of cool, kind of cool. It's a nice looking watch though. It looks like a beautiful dress watch. Now, here's a nice tank, but it's a fancy-looking tank. Um, it's a Rolex Cellini. It's got a very nice dial, very nice. Thin Romans, thin hand, black hands, black Romans on a white background, and a rectangular case. Now, it says it's engraved. Let me take a look. I want to see the size. Okay, lugs. Here's the size, 28 by 21, so it's small. Too small for yours truly. That's the problem with these watches. Can you imagine spending all this money, getting all excited, the watch shows up and it's too small? And what do you do? Nothing. You're stuck. You're going to turn around, sell it at a loss if that's the case. Here's a Tonneau case, but very thin. Cellini Tonneau, $4,000. Here's another tank, but this time it has a thicker bezel for $4,000. What I'm trying to do is find some interesting one. These cushion ones are big. There's a whole bunch of them I see. They're nice looking if you like that look. Big fat cushion from the 20s been updated. Here it is again. Got a lot of those. <clears throat> I'm looking for the one that looks kind of like a bubble bag. I've seen them and they were very cool because I, you know, I'm a sucker. Okay, here is a Cellini man's. I oh, know this could be a woman's, but it's on a strap. It looks kind of small. I don't know. It's on a strap. Let's see what size it is. It looks a little small. Hey, 28 by 29. So it's probably a woman's. Yep. Got to be careful. Got to think it out before you do any of it. Got to think it out. Think it out. Think it out. Think it out. Don't make a boo-boo. Okay. So we're into the almost 5,000. Here's one that looks kind of like a bubble bag. It's called a Rolex Cellini Sestella. Manual wind. The number's 5310. It's, this is a woman's watch, but man, this really has a similarity to a bubble back. It's got a squared off look. Round dial, but, it's, but the case looks a bit squared off, and I really like it. Um, yeah. I don't know how old it is. It says it's, 19, so it says it's new. 2010 to now. So it's a beauty. If I see a man's like that, I'm going to get excited and maybe buy it. Here it is. <laughs> next one. <laughs> the next one in white gold. 
Okay, so is this two-tone or white gold? No, this is all white gold. It's bigger. This is a man's watch. Looks kind of like a bubble back, except the dial is much larger than a bubble back was. But it's got that similar look, which I kind of like. So let's see. It doesn't say anything. No box, no papers. What do they want? They want 4700 Is it quartz or what is it? I can't tell you. Don't know. Let's mark the number on the back. 18K. The band is... Oh, it's got a real Rolex, real Rolex uh, band. Now, let's talk about that for a second. A Rolex band is absolutely worthless. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it says Rolex, and if that's something you like, that's very cool, but they're very expensive, and they're exactly like other bracelets, other bands. There's not a big difference other than it says Rolex. So if you're willing to pay for the band, it says Rolex, and it could be 100 200 bucks easy, then do it. I think you'd be better served by putting a Rolex buckle on an, on a uh, on another band. I think that would be the key, and it would look like Rolex because you're going to be changing the band on these dumb watches. I mean, they don't last. If you wear them every day, they're not going to last six months. So you got to be prepared to do. Uh, what are you going to do when you need a band? I mean, what are you going to do? Okay, so we're running to the end of our show. I do thank you. This is the funniest dude there is. Shut the front door. There he goes. See you later, everybody. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Lee Jackson Watches at gmail.com. See you later. Bye.